0: Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And if you have a question for me, go to clark.com slash ask. If you want me to answer it for you directly, check that box you'll see for that. Coming up later in today's Clark Clarkrageous moment, something I promised another day, I want to talk about how teachers are getting ripped off, and it is a national scandal. And coming up yet later, a new type of credit card is allegedly going to be introduced in the next couple of weeks. I want to tell you why it could be the card you want to carry. Right now, I want to talk about a trend in sports because of how much of sports is televised, Sports teams, even um, at the highest professional levels, are having trouble getting our rear ends in seats, and even events that are sold out are now referred to often in the trade as soft sellouts. That's why so many sports leagues and teams report attendance based on tickets sold instead of actual attendance at an event, and so... What do you do? Because you need the money from concessions. You're hoping to make that money. You're hoping to um, try to get people to do seat upgrades, whatever it is. And if you can't get people in there, it's phantom customers. Well, something's got to give. So there's a new movement in sports and also secondarily in entertainment where you can pay for a monthly subscription and they work kind of like all you can eat sporting or cultural events. The New York Mets have launched their version of it, and their version is $39 a month, which would be probably based on number of homestands through a baseball season. It would mean you potentially could go to maybe a dozen games, more or less, in a month. And so you go, and you're SRO, standing room only, because... What they hope with sports teams is you'll go to the places you can drink, the places you can eat, and whatever, and that becomes your seat. And the monthly subscription just gets you in the venue, gets you in the arena, or in this case, in the stadium. And this idea of paying monthly subscriptions is something that is growing around the country. There's an independent operator called In We Go which is in Dallas, Denver, Atlanta, Washington, Phoenix, and Tampa. And you pay a monthly fee that I think is around 29 a month, 25 29 a month. And it gets you uh, unlimited, <laughs> that's an exaggeration, but it gets you where you can go to as many events as you want Uh, So they can be sporting events, they could be concerts, they could be arts events. And so it means that for one fee per month, you have your entertainment taken care of. And what these subscription programs count on in the event that a team is offering their own monthly subscription, they actually want you to come so that you'll buy food and beverage at the venue and help boost non-ticket revenue in the programs that are not for a specific team or whatever. They know that a lot of people will sign up thinking, hey, this will be great. We can go to something every night if we want, but don't use the programs regularly. And so they marginally fill seats at venues. But at the same time, uh, they get the monthly revenue from people subscribing to it. It's like any other monthly subscription. If you're using it regularly, you're being subsidized by the people who intend to use it, but don't. Think about with Netflix or Hulu, or if you subscribe to Amazon Prime just so you can get the uh, television and movie service. If you're not using it, you're helping to pay for the people who consume it quite heavily. So if you are someone who loves to be out, loves to be entertained, loves to go to events, if there's one of these monthly subscription services in your area, you should grab it. Ron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ron. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you, Ron. You have a modern conundrum to run by me. Exactly. That's the
1: way I was thinking about
0: it, too. What exactly is a conundrum?
1: It works in <laughs> so your I, case.
0: I don't know where that word comes from.
1: Yeah, so I have I have a lot of cash I don't know what to do with it and it's definitely a, a modern uh, problem. So, uh, taking your advice, I have I use, I do all my banking online. I have sold, you know, some stuff around the house that I don't use anymore for cash and I like using, you know, rewards-based credit cards to make purchases. Uh, so ideally I like to take this cash and, you know, put it in my bank account or PayPal account or something and then you know, I would obviously use it, uh, you know, to, to pay off credit cards and and other things. But uh, I have this cash, and, I, and and because I do online banking, uh, that's sort of the one the one downside I've seen of using online banking is you you can't deposit cash. So right, what can so, I do with this cash? So I have um, t-
0: two solutions for you. One of them was suggested by a listener about a year ago with the online banks that won't take cash. Is that you do your deposit with your phone? I assume when you get a check. Exactly. Yeah. So if you go buy a money order with the cash, money orders, depending on where you buy them, they'll cost $0.49, $0.99, whatever. You then have a negotiable instrument you can deposit into your online account. Okay. buy money orders almost anywhere. Got it. Okay. Now, the other suggestion that I have is where if you have a, a friend who who you really trust and they trust you, you can, if they'll take your cash and give you a check made out to you that you could deposit, that's the even easier way to do it. Right. But it is a problem with uh, uh, the discount brokers don't accept cash anymore. You have to have a check. The online banks, you have to have some form of check or negotiable instrument like a money order. So... That is the easiest solution for the rare occasions when you've got a pile of cash, you got a ditch. Which do you think you'll do, Ron?
1: I'll probably go to a friend or family member and uh, have them deposited in a you know big bank, uh, local branch, because you know, they still have an accountant. So I'll, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll have them help solve my problem.
0: Yeah, see, I think that's the easiest way. That's what family and friends are for, right? Henry's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Henry. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you, Henry. What's going well, on? I have the oppor- I have the opportunity
2: to pay a lump sum payment of about a hundred thousand dollars against my outstanding student loan debt. Currently, my debt is at two hundred seventy thousand dollars of
0: federal loans. Oh my goodness! What kind of professional are you? A lawyer. Was it worth? <laughs> this is the question I always ask a professional who has six figure <laughs> debt. Was it worth? the level of debt you had to take on to become a lawyer?
2: I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I've only had one person who was who had gotten a professional degree who said emphatically it was worth all the six figures of debt.
2: I believe that. I believe that. So, so I have the $270,000 in one loan. Yeah. And I have a smaller loan of $30,000. And the larger loan has a higher interest rate than the smaller loan. So it's about a, it's about 1.3% higher. So if I put this whole lump sum of $100,000 against the larger loan, it makes financial sense. But I don't know whether there's a credit score advantage to applying some of it to the smaller loan to pay it off completely and then just applying the balance. To the larger loan
0: I know of no significant difference in credit scoring that would occur doing that split payment doing um, 30,000 to wipe out the 30 and 70 against the 270 if you've got they're, they're both fixed interest rates right right and right. the 270 is at a higher rate then have the greatest impact you can and put the 100 against the 270.
2: Okay, there's not any opportunity to negotiate because it's a lump sum payment to get more bang for the buck, if you will.
0: Nope. No, uh, you know, the only time you have real negotiating with a debt is if it's in delinquency, but that doesn't even help with student loans because student loan collectors have unusual powers that were granted by Congress on the debts and the debts can't be set aside in bankruptcy. Usually when... uh, a debt is large and it's gone delinquent, the collection agency will negotiate because what they're worried about is you'll bankrupt out on the debt, which is not a prospect with student loans. So just okay. pay the hundred. know that that 100,000 is going to make a massive difference in your life, because it's going to wipe out a third of your student loan debt. which is Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you very much. All right, and best to you wiping out that other two-thirds. Absolutely. I will start working on it today. Perfect. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Great. Thank you, David. You're moving, and you have a question for me about your wheels.
1: Yes, I do. So um, I'm a recent grad moving from a state that doesn't have emissions testing to a state that does have emissions testing. And my car is a little on the older side, uh, 126,000 miles, has some mechanical issues that I'd have to fix in order to pass emissions, and also doesn't get the best uh, gas mileage. And I do have a little bit of a long commute to work. Um, I was offered $8,000 from my my friend, JM, for the car a few months ago, and was looking at getting um, a cheaper car to have in the meantime that's already passed emissions in the state and then just kind of saving that extra money um in the meantime do you think that's the best idea or i think I... that
0: i mean you could not have put that more eloquently if you tried and i love that strategy i mean the, you sounded like you were describing one train leaves st louis at 3 p.m. another leaves chicago <laughs> at 3:45 one's traveling at x number of miles an hour the emission testing wild card states that have the the pollution problems where they have the emission testing is um big problem for people who move into an emission testing area with an older vehicle and so i think that idea of you got somebody who'd like to have that vehicle i would definitely sell it and what's going to be a problem for you when you move becomes a benefit to them and i would make that decision and as long as you know the vehicle you're buying will pass emissions then that sounds all to the good because it's also going to, by your telling, lessen your expenses every month anyway.
1: Yes. So I guess another question kind of was, would you recommend getting like a like a mid-2000s um, reliable car versus taking on um, a car payment?
0: Definitely with you moving, credit. there are always expenses that you don't anticipate when you move. Mm-hmm. And so at least for a while... I like the idea of you having an older vehicle and using it for your commute and all that. And then when you're financially settled and it makes sense in your life, if you want to buy something newer, then that would be the time to do it. So I think you're making very solid, rational choices and decisions with all the things that you're thinking of doing right now. I think it gives you a better financial standing when you do relocate. People love to praise school teachers and thank school teachers for what they do, making financial sacrifices to educate our children. So why, why, why are we cheating teachers when it comes to them saving for their retirement? It is today's Clark Rages moment.
1: Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rages moment.
0: A new report from a benefits consultant found that teachers having to do a vastly inferior retirement plan known as a 403B are in those 403Bs overwhelmingly putting their money in a piece of trash type of insurance product called annuities overwhelmingly, nearly 80% of money going into teacher retirement accounts or going into piece-of-trash annuities. You know, people who have 401Ks at traditional places of employment are seeing the expenses involved in those 401K plans go down, down, down. Well, teachers are paying as much as 40 to 60 times the expenses for their retirement plan, known as a 403B, that people in traditional jobs are paying in expenses for their 401K. That's why so often when I take a question from a teacher, the question will come up where they'll say, why is my account worth less today than it was a year ago? And they'll ask me that when the stock market's been going up, and it's because A lot of school districts, school systems, and 403B systems run by unions lack people who are knowledgeable about the plans that they're selecting, or the school system or the union is getting kickbacks from an insurance company to be the selected 403B plan provider. Those kickbacks are then paid for through massive expenses passed on to the teacher. Here's what you need to know as a teacher. Only participate in a 403B plan if there's a match on it. Otherwise, you should set up your own Roth IRA and all the money that you save for retirement should be in your Roth IRA. If that's not enough money, if you want to save more, then you can put in a Roth IRA. The limit's six grand a year. If you want to save more, Call me. We'll have a conversation about what you should do to save more. But the 403Bs are garbage, and we shouldn't be treating our teachers this way. It is cynical, and it's wrong by the U.S. Congress. Thanks for taking part of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet. I want that wallet fattened. I want you to avoid ripoffs. That's what we do here on The Clark Howard Show. You want more knowledge? Check out Clark.com. You love deals? Check out ClarkDeals.com. The credit card space in recent years has been dominated by a handful of giant monster megabanks. And so you take Chase and Citibank, the two of them, along with American Express, now have massive market share in the credit card business. But there are others who are like, what about me? What about me? Well, one player that is working the bugs out right now, and the rumor is in just weeks, they're going to launch their own credit card, is Apple. Apple is looking for more and more ways to tie people who use iPhones and various Apple products to tie you more into their ecosystem. And Apple is designing, if industry rumors are true, and we'll see once the official announcement is made, that Apple is going to offer very generous rewards for people who get the Apple credit card. Now, Apple had to find somebody who was not a meaningful player in credit cards, and so they're doing it with... Goldman Sachs, probably through their Marcus, which is um, an online bank, but the idea of consumer products companies offering not just co-branded credit cards with one of the giants, but offering one that's really about them controlling it and being able to give you rewards tailored so you become a more loyal customer of them is almost certainly going to be a standard thing with big consumer products companies. Now, we'll have to wait and see, just as when somebody calls me and asks me if they should have, from one of the three full fare airlines, American United or Delta, if they should have one of their frequent flyer credit card tie-ins, I go through a protocol of who they make sense for and who they don't. The same thing will happen... When Apple launches its consumer credit card, as to whether or not it will, in fact, be useful and valuable to you. I am, as somebody who doesn't use Apple products, I am so ecstatic that Apple is doing this because I want more competition in the credit card marketplace. And the more we can get players in this space offering a variety of options and alternatives, potentially lower interest rates like credit unions do, or better rewards, which is what Fidelity does with their credit card program. I like having alternative or non-traditional players come in and shake things up. So Apple, don't bureaucratize this out of being great. Bring it to the market great and offer Apple folks a really, really phenomenal, outstanding credit card. Joe joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joe. Hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great, Joe. What's going on? I just want to thank you for a couple of Clark
3: deals that I got myself involved with last fall. You had suggested um, getting a free Sprint Unlimited plan for a year and you had suggested purchasing uh, Moto G6s and uh, between the two of those two things um, it just worked out great for our family we have uh, five lines we're on a competitor's network so we needed three of the phones to uh, be new because they weren't universal phones that would work on the sprint plan so that's why we purchased the uh, Motor G6s, got them at Costco for like 185 It was a great deal. And right now, my monthly um, cell phone bill for five phones is $19 a month.
0: Wait, that's wait, wait. Per line or total for
3: five?
0: $3.80 per line. And that's unlimited and everything?
3: That's unlimited. Well, they claim, I think, 54 gigabytes, but...
0: Uh, Yes,
3: unlimited.
0: And, and how have you so, found, uh, how, people always diss the Sprint network. How have you felt about the coverage you've had with Sprint?
3: Um, pretty good. I'm not complaining. And um, even my daughter, who is out of state, she's in an area that doesn't have Sprint, so she's always on a uh, the roaming thing. Uh, she doesn't get as much data, obviously, but it's still enough to keep her happy.
0: Well, the great news when your network doesn't work well is the relative you don't want to talk to, you can never hear them. <laughs> There's always that advantage. <laughs> but,
3: I, don't, I don't have any daughter that I don't want to talk to. That's so
0: perfect. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> so again, $19 a month pays for everything for five lines of service for a year.
3: For a year, it turned out that um, they advertised it for a year, but it went. You know, I started in November, and it said they say it ends in January. So I'm actually getting 14 uh, months out of the deal for a total savings on monthly bills of a thousand one hundred and thirty four dollars, which easily covered the cost to buying the three phones, so I could get something working on their network.
0: And you know they're doing it again. For anyone listening right now who would like uh, basically free phone service, you have to be with AT and T or Verizon. But if you switch over, you can have the free unlimited for a year for up to five people. And it is, and you pay a small amount of junk fees. That's how you get to nineteen a month. But a nineteen dollar cell phone bill for unlimited for five people is beyond extraordinary. Yes, I think it's crazy, even. So tell me the G6. How have you liked using the G6?
3: Um, We love it. I haven't had no complaints. And I have one daughter that has an iPhone 8 Plus, and she likes how hers works, too. So uh, we're all very happy, and we all have universal phones now, so we can switch to different carriers without having to buy new phones again.
0: Well... Joe, thank you for sharing that. And I want to mention the G6 is discontinued. And so right now, depending on how good a shopper you are, you can find one for maybe $150 or so. Costco, to, uh, I saw it the other day, was still selling them for $199, which seemed a little high in the marketplace. The G6 is a 5.7-inch screen phone. It is a very good phone. The G7, that is the successor phone, is a 6.2 inch screen phone like the G6 works on any network and is faster than the G6, obviously a bigger screen, better cameras built into it. And I've been testing a G7 and I don't get any product free. I went out and bought one. I had to pay full retail on the day you could get them so I could really test the G7 to share with you. And it is, was 299 bucks. But then again, you own it and it works on any network. And there is a G7 called I think the Power G7 Power that's 249 that isn't as good a phone as the G7, but comes with a 3-day battery built into the phone. So for someone who hates having to worry about charging a phone, being able to have one that only has to be charged maybe a couple of times a week is quite a thing. And the Motorola phones are very easy to use. They are, if you're an iPhone person, it's Android, so you may not want it. But the strength of the marketplace is people buying more affordable phones, and the Motorola's are exceptional. One other phone I'll mention, if you want to buy your own phone, will not work on all networks, will just work on AT&T and T-Mobile. The Nokia 7 One, which is a 5.8-inch screen phone, uh, very fast phone, works very well. But for my money, the Moto G7 is the best deal in the cell phone marketplace and, again, works on all networks. That Sprint deal today is posted as being good for sign-up till April 30th rob is with us on the clark howard show hello rob
4: good afternoon clark it's an honor to speak with you today
0: well great to have you here you're looking to save some money
4: certainly so i guess the overall theme is kind of looking at balance of post and pre-tax retirement accounts um so a little bit about myself 49 years old i uh, have a military retirement from 22 years in the army thank um, you so thank much you for
0: your service for our great nation
4: well, thank you, Clark. I understand you're in the State Guard, and also thanks for the service you provide to all your listeners. So appreciate that.
0: Thank you. I'm in my so, 18th year in the State Guard.
4: Fantastic. Appreciate it. Um, so we're a single-income household. Uh, we have two rental properties that we've we've collected over the years in the military. Got a good bit of equity that we're sitting in in our primary house here in Michigan. Uh, have three children, two of which will basically be through college here. One graduates May, and one in June. And as I look at our retirement accounts outside of the military and our savings, right now about 25% of that's sitting in a Roth under my name, and the remaining is between a traditional 401k at my work and a traditional IRA under my wife's name. And a couple changes have happened that led me to look into this balance a bit. One, uh, we've made some life changes. and are going to free up about $800 a month uh, from some of our life expenses. and am looking to where to put that and then secondly, at work, the 401k plan, they're now offering a Roth option. So a two-part question. One, going forward, should I start directing my money into the Roth? Yes. Uh, currently saving 11% of my income there. And then the second part, with freeing up some money, would you recommend starting a Roth IRA for my wife?
0: Okay, so um, yes and yes. So okay. you, you want to do the Roth 401k option at work. Because you already have a substantial amount of money in pre-tax accounts. And can I ask approximate family income per year?
4: With military retirement or without?
0: Military retirement is taxable, is it not? Yep. Yeah, so So that would count.
4: Probably 150.
0: All right. I would say that it still would make sense for you to do the Roth 401k, even though you're going to be... uh, paying tax on that money now it will be tax-free later you've got since you've done all these years with money that's in pre-tax accounts i want you to now put a big emphasis on post-tax and absolutely for your wife doing the roth ira would be a great idea it's good for her to have some money titled in her own name and having that roth ira would be wonderful because she can put uh, how old's your wife 49 as well all right so next year she'll be able to do seven thousand into the roth uh when you're 49 she can do six sure so i love that and that would soak up that extra cash you just told me you had
4: so i spent it all being smart with it
0: and do you have a match from your employer on that 401k
4: I do. I get $0.35 to the dollar for the first 8%. Right. So
0: that's 11 percent right now. That 35%, $0.35 on a dollar, that will still go into pre-tax 401k. So you'll still continue to have pre-tax contributions and post-tax contributions. So I think that that even tips the balance even more to where it makes sense for you to do the Roth 401k. You know We're running extremely large budget deficits, even in a time of, st- of a strong economy, and we're an aging population. The odds are so high that we're going to have higher tax rates down the road that it even makes it more a uh, good decision for you to do the Roth instead of the traditional. Ricky is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ricky. Hello, how are you today? Great, thank you, Ricky. You got a question for me about not wanting to lug around a phone everywhere.
5: Yes, I'd like to get some type of a smartwatch.
0: Okay, and there are many available. Do you use an iPhone or an Android? Android. So with an Android, you got tons of choices. Um, What do you want the smartwatch exactly to do for you?
5: Okay, I'm glad you asked because um although I do swim frequently throughout the week and do water aerobics, I need something to be water resistant, but um I also mainly want to use it so that if I I'm I'm a senior and I live on my own, if I were to not have my phone in my hand and I tripped or fell or needed to be able to make a phone call, I'd like to be able to have that smartwatch where I could call for help. And
0: that's the main purpose that I would want it for. Well, then I like the idea of you with everything you said, looking at the Samsung Galaxy Active which is designed for athletes and would allow you to use it as a companion. As long as your smartphone is close enough, you're able to make and receive calls on the watch. It uses a proprietary Samsung communication called Tizen that communicates to your phone. And it's especially easier to use a Samsung Android or another Android.
5: Yes, I'm on Samsung.
0: So I like that. um, It wouldn't have to be one that has its own cellular to it. As long as the phone is close by um, over Bluetooth, you're able to use the watch to do your communicating.
5: And I also would like to have something that's got a decent battery. Some of them only have 12 to 18 hours, and I would like to have a good battery with it.
0: You'll find that the galaxy active will make it through a day. You just charge it each night just like you charge your smartphone.
5: All right, so the Samsung Galaxy I've already are the uh, gear no I'm sorry, Samsung active because I've already got one of those on hold at um, um,
0: when they become available. So uh, the actives are street price around $200.
5: Right, and I have one on hold that's 199 so yeah. and free shipping. So, okay, well, good. I'm glad that you and I agree on the same thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's the answer because the alternative, you can have a smartwatch that has cellular built into it, and then you don't even have to have your phone anywhere. You can use the, the watch completely as a standalone cellular, but you end up then having to pay more for the watch and you have a monthly bill for cellular, and I don't want you to have to do all that. Now, there is the cheap person's version of it, which is you have a cellular watch, and anything that has cellular can make a 911 call, but not every emergency you might have would be appropriate for a 911 call. But that is the alternative. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show.